0: Hello and welcome to Nodicast, a podcast on nonlinear dynamics, the essential theory that governs pretty much everything on earth and beyond. I'm C. Nararaj of Villanova University, senior editor and host of Nodicast. Nodicast is an outreach of nonlinear dynamics the journal published by Springer Nature. This is the second of a two-part episode of Nodicast, and we are talking about chaos theory, with a panel consisting of Professor Celso Graboji from University of Aberdeen, Professor Laura Gardini of University of Urbino, and Professor Stefano Lenci from University of Marche Hosting the panel is me, Nararaj from Villanova University. If you have not listened to part one of this discussion, may I suggest that you do so before you start listening to this part of the episode. In the last episode, we discussed the rich history of chaos theory, dating back to Maxwell in the 19th century. We also talked about how we might want to control chaos with the objective of exploiting it to our advantage. Our discussion led to speculation on how we can perhaps leverage chaos control in a wide range of fields, such as medicine, communication, and engineering in general. Then we had just talked about quantum chaos and its possible impact on computing. Let us pick up the conversation from there. So, um, so so maybe uh, we will start talking about a little bit about uh you know data, information theory, machine learning, and the question of how um, how that might intersect with chaos theory uh, it, that, you know there is a so I have been working in that field um for about fifteen years, ten to fifteen oh. years and uh, trying to integrate that with nonlinear dynamics, and I can tell you that if you go to a machine learning conference, you know, which is where they do their ad- most advanced research, you will not hear any anything anybody talking about nonlinear dynamics, let alone chaos, which bo- which uh, uh, scares me because uh, we are now talking about autonomous systems being deployed. Uh, I think yesterday a Tesla car caught fire <laughs> this morning. Nothing about Tesla, but <laughs> uh I know this is a public uh, recording, so I want to be careful um but uh it worries me that um that we don't understand the inherent uh dynamics embedded in things like data based systems, so maybe we can just have a you know um uh, conversation about that. <clears throat>
1: Yeah, I mean, may I start or, Chelsea, you want to start?
0: Uh, Go for it, Stefano.
1: I mean, this basically, I mean, I have the feeling that this data-driven, let's say, study that, of course, are very, very important, are not, let's say, focused on finding a modeling somehow. They remain some kind of black box. So remaining black box, you cannot... Really understand the mathematical structure of the system. Okay. So you cannot really, for example, invent an OGY method. Because to to invent an OGY method for machine learning, you need to know what is there, what is doing, so that you can exploit it. Again, we are using again the work exploit. That remains a black box. So it's working, it's <laughs> working very well because it's trained. But really, you do not really understand or or, or I don't really understand, let's say, the real structure, even because they are huge dimensional system. Of course, you can say, but each, uh, let's say, each uh, node is a simple dynamical system. That's right. But you have thousands of these simple dynamical systems. So with thousands of of simple dynamical systems, you lose control. It's impossible to think of uh, manifold uh, homoclinic bifurcations and things like that. Yes. So really, you are lost in the ocean, like, likely a wonderful ocean, useful <laughs> ocean, but not really, let's say, drinkable water, let me say.
0: So, so before Celso is about to speak, so I, I, Celso, no, no, I'm going to no, no. say something.
2: No, I agree with him. Okay, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, but I agree completely with Stefano is a black box, but at the heart is a reservoir computing, which is a recurrent neural network. This is a dynamical system, very high dimensional, and people do yes. not understand how this thing is working. Yes. And so. what happened, we're looking at evolution of the system. We train, and we want to make a model free prediction. Okay? And uh, many of the target systems that we want to learn, they are chaotic systems. In some sense, you're combining chaotic data, or data comes from complex systems, with the, the machine itself, which is complex. And you get something. And my goodness, you really don't know what's happening at the end. If you talk about chaotic systems, perhaps you can evolve, that's what can show, with a few Lyapunov times because of the, uh, the dependence on the initial conditions. But uh, it's really evolving system. You know, in addition, if you talk about dynamics, one thing that's important in chaotic dynamics, we talk about bifurcations, is the variation parameter. Mm-hmm. Then one of the channels has to be the parameter. Not only the one you feed the data into the machine, but there's another one parallel which deals with the parameter, the evolution of the parameter. You no, know? right. see, I, I completely share what Stefano said 100 percent. Yeah.
1: And so of course, I, I'm not saying that it is not useful. Be sure. Is, be sure. Yes. No, it's
0: yes working absolutely. More. So this is this is uh, fascinating. But I have I want to present a slightly different perspective on this. So, and ask you your comments on this, because uh, I absolutely agree that this is a black box. That's how, that's what, that's why I was saying it's scary, you know, especially if you're talking about a real physical system that's deployed that can, uh, you know, become unstable or do something that you don't expect. So, um, and so, you know, some of our research in my lab has been actually focused on developing understandable AI and predictable machine learning. And in order to do that, we are integrating physics into it. So we are in fact trying to solve exactly the problem you're talking about. And it uh, so that's one point I wanted to say, you know, that that there is uh, we, what we've done is with our conversation, identified a problem. So I'm saying now we can work towards a solution, you know, potentially uh, because I think, um, you know, whether we, in, in our classical systems, whether, uh, speaking as an engineer, one of the things that we always shoot for in engineering is to have predictability, you know, because all of our standards are based on that. You know, how do you test a system? How do you certify a system as being safe and being able to perform well enough is, is with predictability, right? We have predictable models with, you know, with bounds on uncertainty. So this is what we are lacking in many machine learning systems. And so, th- in that sense, so you know, so I'm kind of providing a little bit of a more nuanced view of uh, what you said, Stefano. Is it has a black box, but you know, but you can have a black box that uh, becomes more grey, that that you start identifying something or start drawing boundaries on its behavior, and uh, you know, I, and then in fact, I think Seltzer um, uh, talked about you know complex systems. So you can argue that. Complex systems of any sort, such as uh, large networks, are also, you know, as, ba- as much of a black box, right? But we are in them. We use them all the time. In fact, we are built of them, right? We are a complex systems ourselves. So, so you know, I'm just asking the question, can we uh, – is there is there a, an avenue to go forward towards understanding these systems better? Uh, and it's coming – You're. There is another problem. These are different domains. These are people who don't understand the kind of things we are talking about. So I'm I'm saying, you know, people like like us, like you, you know, need to be aware of that so that we can contribute and make that better. So this is sort of my my you know, position.
2: Let me just say, say the the machine learning is 20 years old. In the first few papers were done, I think, by physicists. And the physicists. Well,
0: it's really older than that. It really goes you think so it's the older? Okay.
2: Yeah. But anyway, the yeah. physicists Much continue forth. to publish. Yeah. And I've been publishing often on looking at the dynamics, the basics, how this works. But at the same time, I collaborated with some people on working, getting data from the brain to, to look at the various brain states, various sleep states, and so on, then it seems that there is a dichotomy, doing one thing or another. Then I, <laughs> I really, I think it's still... It's, you
0: think it's incompatible?
2: It's like, no, I, I think it is at its infancy. Something that will take a lot of work by all of us, yeah. Well, yes, yes. So practices. this
0: could be a larger. I mean, uh, I'm saying again, speaking. I'm speaking as an engineer. I'm saying, machine learning is here to stay. It's going to be integrated in more and more machines. It's actually displacing physics as the basis for design in so many systems. And, and I'm saying we need to be concerned about it. You know, uh, exactly for the reasons that you mentioned. <clears throat> And the question is, how do we, you know, kind of go about it? Because, I, because you know, we, we started a project, short project, looking at the nonlinear dynamics of very small networks. So, Stefano, you commented about thousands of nodes. You don't need thousands of nodes to implement a lot of machine learning. You know, you, you can talk about something implemented with five nodes, for example. So now it becomes more manageable. To, you know, it's just, it's just the kind of a thing that uh, Celso was talking about, that is, uh, can we pick a feasible problem you know something that's feasible, just to demonstrate uh, the potential, right? Uh, it's not practical, but just just to you know as a demonstration. So you know just just a thought.
1: I mean, you 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 make the question, you give the answer. I mean, <laughs> the answer is if you. I mean, if you your application on machine learning is toward let's say find the low. So two are gray or two are white, not remain black box absolutely agree you know one uh, subset one field of machine learning is uh, uh, equation identification something like this you know i don't remember exactly the name but i i I will system identification yeah system
0: identification right or or building a dynamical model from the data yes building a
1: dynamical model that of course is a sub-branch of proper um, orthogonal decomposition or things like this you know so just just that one so in that sense there is the hope that you can explore in chaos because you are going through distillating from data. Let's say the the load that are behind this simple load, the manageable load. But if you remain in the black box uh, field, I believe that it's not easy to let's say to to apply that uh, that viewpoint of uh, of chaos. That chaos is. That's my personal uh, personal uh, understanding, personal view, is understanding.
0: Yes. That's yes. chaos. Yeah. Complex I,
1: understanding, I, but it's understanding. It's not, let's say, trying. It's not trying. Okay.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Selson made an excellent point. So is it, is that data giving us things that's completely, um, you know, it, it's chaotic and your, your 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 system, your model isn't, therefore, you know, it's incompatible. Uh, so how do you, I mean, you, you stated an excellent problem. So that's a problem I think hopefully people can work towards. Hmm. So um, um l- let me leave that aside because we're not going to resolve it. So <laughs> maybe talk about other things. Um, so uh, how about, uh, I think we just barely mentioned complex systems because I think, um, you know, things like, uh we found again speaking as an engineer we found that electric grids for example act in um you know mysterious ways and they haven't really been modeled properly uh, of course the internet is a giant, gigantic complex network system uh, you know and we said you know a human uh, each tissue for example is a complex system so how do we where do we go from here in terms of using uh non dynamics and chaos theory for analyzing you know, economic systems, all of these that are complex systems.
2: Can I just, since Laura is very European, can I just mention something about the complex system that she will, perhaps she knows. Uh, uh, Marcel Proust, at the turn of the 19th century, uh, wrote this monumental, the longest novel in the history of mankind, 12 million words in French called, A Recherche de Tampardie. And I read part of that. In the first book called, The Swings uh, Way. he writes the following, just let me quote. But the essence of one part from a whole is not only that it's not simply a partial omission. It is a disturbance of all other parts a new state which it was not possible to foresee from the old. This is really what we understand by complexity. It's made <laughs> up of many parts which interact among each other. There is emergence of a new behavior. This is yes. for Laura. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the quote.
3: So in uh, in UK a writer, uh, Edgar Allan Poe, it's like Alain in his uh, novel, yes. yeah. it's in, uh, uh, at, at least in one, uh, one of his novels, there is exactly the same effect. He said that, that just a small... Uh, One second of difference in uh, the behavior of a man gives uh, a totally different life uh, for uh, the rest of the years of the days. This is a novel uh, of Edgar Allan Poe, so the feeling of... uh, Mm, that that initial a small change in the initial condition gives a very huge different behavior after it was something, well spread or central century before. Yes.
0: So coming from a literature, although that's very interesting because I was going to also talk about philosophy, uh, maybe you know just briefly for uh, complex systems. You know, is that is that feasible? to like, where is the research going uh, you know are they is there a sense of uh, where it should go um
2: i think i think going back what laura said before biological systems and uh i think physicists engineers engineers mainly engineers are involved in studying biological systems in yeah. studying in which sense to create a theory of biology. Biology has been empirical up to recently, and now people are involved. And these are complex systems, uh, complex systems in, in the sense that there is not a general law, a general rule. There is not a, a measure of com- com- complexity. Yeah. But what happened, we study one system and we learned lessons From that system, like life, Mm -hmm. and apply to other systems. Then you take a system, like can be the cell. You go a little bit above, go to the tissue, a little bit below. You go to the the uh, metabolism, the the biological molecules and so biochemistry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, Well, you know, so there is this entire. you're right. So the biophysics is a relatively new discipline and that's, you know, kind of mm-hmm. taking off. I think some universities actually now have departments and degrees in biophysics. Yeah. Um, and, you know, but I've interacted with system biologists and they typically they start with thousands of equations. And uh, I start with three equations, <laughs> maybe two. I start with the Duffings oscillator. so So the gap is so much. You sit down and we talk with them and say, how do we abstract this very complex model and retain the essentials so we can do this let's say analysis of metabolism or something is, like that
3: an old an old kind of an, an old behavior because nowadays in many in many universities also biologists are, are are studying in a different way they are trying to do experiments to use uh, four, three, four, five at most uh, uh, say, um, equations in continuous time, nowadays also in discrete time, to follow the experiments to, with the parameters which are leading to this or that effect, because they have understood that the understanding of the phenomena is crucial and essentially low-dimensional. Even if it is true that then the true systems can have also hundred uh, equations, but now there are uh, many m- many papers now that the the literature is huge with the respect with biology say, and in low dimensional systems, they are trying to implement this uh, theory both to control to have chaos to to see what happens because indeed the behavior of insects of, or of, it, 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 many many different kinds of animals are behaving in this way and uh, the systems that they are studying are really trying to to have uh, sus, to, to okay to be successful in their studies analysis. I think that it is uh, one of the main uh, applications also of our you nonlinear know, dynamics chaos control or whatever. This is also very
1: beautiful. And Different... I'm sorry to say, but I believe that the let's say the breakthrough or the cutting edge step in biochemistry and uh, biology was when they understand that they need mathematics. <laughs> then the uh, <laughs> chaos comes because before. No, I'm not joking. I'm not joking. I'm not joking. Before they are just let's say describing.
3: Yes. Then someone
1: uh, understood yes. that they need mathematics, even though they have not, let's say, like as in mechanics, standard law, like Newton law, like uh, quantum mechanics or things like that. But they are, they need mathematics. And then when they realized that all was, let's say, easy in some sense, chaos and so on and so forth, models, again, models, even models, uh, let's say, recognized from data. Because, of course, uh, there you have not Newton Law. So you need something to, let's say, invent models somehow. So, yes, yes, that's my point
3: the the work it, of uh, May and his um, yeah 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 exactly uh, this was uh, one of the best uh, papers since applied in this context and, and the neuron models were, you know.
0: yes uh, starting with we a squid uh, experiment
3: this paper and then started uh, to to study to study mathematics and model uh, to model in some way
2: yes yes, it's yes. Laura mentioned insects yes a serious problem today in the world is the are the bees Einstein said that when Mm -hmm. the last bee dies, man has four years to live. And what happened, if you look at the habitats, many species are disappearing and others Mm -hmm. are in trouble. Mm -hmm. And that's because of pollution, because of environmental uh, decay, diseases, and so on. Then the bees depend on the plants, the plants depend on the bees. And what is more... It's not that a single species of bees can feed in all the plants, but mm-hmm. all the plants can be pollinated by all the bees. No, yeah. there is the certain bees pollinate certain plants and, and vice versa. And this is a very complicated mutualistic network, which leads to tipping point. And yes, tipping point yes. can be bifurcation, like a saddle mm-hmm. node, in ever said note, bifurcation, and before the bifurcation, you have the survival state or the extinction, and beyond yes. is collapse.
1: Yes. In order yes. to recover, yes. yeah.
2: it does not help just to improve the environment a little bit. It have to improve yes. much more.
0: Yeah. Yes. yes, 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 yes. I mean, they, you know, we're talking about complex systems, ecology, ecological systems are one of the most complex systems yes. on Earth. Uh, there is a marvelous book I read recently about the life of trees, you know, which is that the trees have an entirely complex communication system with other trees through a fungal network. So if you take out the fungal network the trees you no know, we we go plant trees in our front yard they are very different from the trees in the forest the trees in the forest are a lot more robust they're a lot more resistant resilient because they communicate with other trees through a network of fungus in the soil under the soil it's a very very complex system it's it's a marvelous uh, exposition of the on the life of trees and you know how they how it's not just one tree, and it's not just the insects, it's even the other trees, and they have a, they communicate, they have chemical secretions, it's a f- very complex dynamic system, nonlinear dynamic system. Yeah.
2: But, so, Net, uh, let me give you a simple example. We're talking about complicated, I'm talking about the earth as a whole. Yeah. You know, in dynamics, something that we discovered is that you have a chaotic attractor, the attractor can collide with an unstable periodic orbit, also involves manifold and so on. Beyond that, you have a transient chaos. Mm-hmm. Transient cha- chaos means when the parameter is in that state, without changing the parameter, suddenly the system goes from a survival state, a, let's say a chaotic state, to an extinction state, to some other state. Mm-hmm. And the... Uh, In the opening ceremony of the United Nations Climate Change Conference in Madrid, United Nations General Secretary António Guterres warned, this was in December the 2nd, 2019, just before the pandemic, that the earth has already passed the point of no return. Mm. That you're already in a state, in this transient state, that suddenly you can have a collapse
3: yeah.
2: this is the dynamics that describe that is a simple one dimensional map yeah. what he was mm-hmm. talking is really this transient that yes, in which yes. we are now yeah yes.
0: mm-hmm.
1: anyway it so
2: you know
0: t- uh, so, i mean it's it, uh, that brings up uh, maybe another another point which is uh, i think to a large extent our we live in a echo chamber, you know, we, live, we, live, we talk to each other, we listen to each other, we are convinced of each other, we may have minor disagreements, but we all agree on large things. And unfortunately, you know, that's becoming further and further away from the public perception. So for example, you know, Guterres comes and talks about this. How many people accept that as true? Uh, because how many people, you know, where is the lit- scientific literacy? You know, if you say something like, it collapses into the singularity, how many people even understand even one word of that, you know? And and there's a lot of skepticism, right? About even even if you express a simple, I was explaining to somebody a very simple epidemiological model about the the two equilibrium points of zero disease and epidemic equilibrium, very simple problem. And it took me two hours to explain to somebody who has a degree in science. So, uh, you know, I'm just saying, so we kind of have this, this burden, I don't know whose burden it is. I don't know whose responsibility it is to kind of convey this, you know. It is kind of outside of our conversation perhaps, but it's an interesting point,
2: so. No, the wording is very important. And Tony Guterres talked about, when he spoke about regime shift, nobody understands what regime shift is. It's basically this, the occurrence of a tipping point, no? The total collapse, yeah. Exactly. Exactly.
0: So yeah. we needed you there to explain <laughs> this.
3: <laughs> I, I hope that uh, this uh, crisis, due to COVID, the nine, this okay, this period that we are living now, gives uh, uh, is, is a kind of shock also in many in many in the okay in the way of. of Looking and believing in the life and the hearse for many people, I think that this um, may be a good shock towards a better behavior understanding of the complexity of the hearse and the life, and uh, so to 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 have this shift, which we need to come back <laughs> to the not turning point before the turning point
1: and to listen scientists. scientist. <laughs> yes, yeah, so my- A learn a lesson for common people that listening scientists I think is useful. Yes, well, you
0: know, yeah, but well, that has no, been a, a controversy sorry. at least in the United States because uh, you know people are uh, openly questioning the use of models. Because the models are used, of course, to predict what happens and, you know, to guide some of these policies. And uh, we, did, we did a paper for nonlinear dynamics where we modeled human perception. We kind of did a mathematical model of the human perception government policy integrated with the epidemiological model to predict what happens. And, you know, the, uh, you you get a pushback for a models like that. I was talking about this and saying, well... Um, it's it's just it's all it's all mathematics. How can you predict what happens in reality? Mm-hmm. In U.S., there is a huge dichotomy between people who kind of believe in this. It's it's become a, a big you know and people who don't, and it's become a very big gulf now, to a point that people don't believe. If you say this is my mathematical model, this is what I'm going to predict, they say, well, you predicted this last time and you were wrong. Of course, they have to understand that science goes wrong many times because that's how we learn and how we refine uh, you know our models and our analysis. Uh, so it's you know it's a interestingly Laura it's been a conflict between epidemiology and economics. That's in fact the r- real issue here right <laughs> It's uh, you know which one so <clears throat> anyway that's you know that's a sort of a political point here <laughs> <laughs> This is a good point for us to take a break. We'll be right back after this announcement. You are listening to Nodicast, a lively podcast on nonlinear dynamics covering the latest research on new methods, exciting applications, and breakthroughs. I'm C. Nadaraj from Villanoma University, your host. Nodicast is an outreach of nonlinear dynamics, the journal published by Springer Nature. Okay, now let's get back to our conversation. So uh, I, I don't know. Uh, I had another another thing that I want to talk about before. Maybe you can give some advice to especially junior people. So one thing that um, you know, I did a lot of philosophy, and I'm always interested in philosophy. And Chelsea, so we exchange some <laughs> some uh, notes on that. Oh, yeah, you so you. you know, so so maybe you, any of you, you know, of course yourself included, would have comments on. Um, You know, predictability. You started to talk about uh, the clockwork universe, you know, Huygens and, uh, you know, all those concepts of everything works and predictable. That's kind of what Newton said, and then Descartes and all that, you know, that kind of led to that theory. And uh, maybe the first uh, sort of uh, knock on that was the Heisenberg's uncertainty principle, where they said, oh, you cannot, you know, there's some uncertainty at some quantum levels. But chaos theory kind of brings that. A notion at the classical level of uh uh that there is an unpredictability about events uh, that you even if you had the perfect models you would not be able to predict so there is uh, sort of a, a implication to epistemology uh as well um so you know what do you think
2: um, <clears throat> well, uh, is it one of the System that is highly predictable that we think is the solar system. (laughs) Day follows the night, follows the follows the day, and so on. But uh, initially, Jack Wisdom, which is an astronomer at MIT, he showed that Hyperion, the satellite of Saturn, is tumbling chaotically. Just take a book, throw, you're going to see what happened. and uh, then he showed later that the inner planets is doing the same thing that was followed by Lascar in Paris which showed that the whole solar system is a chaotic system the time scales are very long but not so long in the in terms uh, astronomical astro- astronomy and uh so that's exactly goes against this predictability, this clockwork universe. And the beginning, because if you go to the religions, you know, in the beginning was chaos, no? And then so there was an organization. Okay, but but
0: that that went the other way, chaos to order. So yeah, yeah. a decrease of entropy. Yeah,
3: good,
1: good. <laughs> okay.
0: I can say that
1: going back to what uh, Nat asked us. Yes, predicted or unpredictably was, from my point of view, the most important legacy of chaos. I mean, even in the common life, the so-called butterfly effect is well known today, even to common people, not only to scientists. And I want to, you you before mentioned Edgar Allan Poe and Marcel Prost, but they were, they were some kind of, let's say, uh, a expert people but you know that also the movie there is a movie sliding doors and the sliding doors let's say uh, explain exactly that concept unpredictability and is sensitivity to initial condition name whatever you want okay mm-hmm. and that's the most important legacy we have to uh, the, uh, sorry the chaos led to the common people there is no way to predict so it's not only a matter of having uh, a huge dimensional system so that you have not the computational power to do it. And so you go to stochastic and things like this because you want to, let's say, uh, select information. But really, even with two dimensional system or three dimensional system, you are not able to predict. So no way, no way. And that's really, really important. That's really change our, let's say, philosophy, or should change our philosophy. That's my point of view. But also, open another question. What we can predict? Where we can arrive? Because of course, uh, we cannot say, okay, we have lost. Because, you know, the meaning of scientists is to predict somehow, is from one side to learn, but also from other side to predict, especially from engineers and also from economics as well, of course. (laughs) So what we can predict, that's a new philosophy that we have to, let's say, to develop. I'm not an answer for that, but that's the new challenge for people working on chaos.
3: Yes, I think also that in everyday life, people know that uh, life is unpredictable because it is enough to walk on the way or to take a train, to fly somewhere. And if you cannot predict if you will really reach the, uh, the goal of the day or no, really life is... A yes, Laura, matter.
1: sorry to interrupt you. Sorry to interrupt you. If you refer to training in Italy, the motivation is quite clear. So please <laughs> about the flight, train not in Italy, okay? So it's very easy to understand what happened with the training in Italy. I'm sorry for interrupting you, Laura. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Okay. At least
0: you have trains in Italy, come unlike yeah. United States.
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yes, so but go ahead, Laura.
3: in In any case, even if this feeling is a, uh, I think that now is accepted from uh, from the the majority of people, uh, young guys and old guys and old guys, okay, and old people. But uh, um, in in any case, even if there is uh, this feeling of. Uh, um, Okay, indeterminacy because uh, we, everything is not so clear. clear. It seems some, something that um, okay, this is uh, true. It is true that uh, we cannot do anything. But uh, in the uh, simple, uh, in a small scale, in a, a simple scale, in a short time, you can predict. Okay, this evening I will I will have dinner with my friends, and so it is a compensation. There is a compensation compensation in our Way uh, of to to accept this and to go, okay, to go to go on and so to accept to accept the reality, but we behave as if we can predict. Okay, tomorrow I will have my vacation in that place. So it is already uh, inside us, but we overcome this, and so the behavior is okay. This is life. <laughs>
2: Now, if we look at it in some sense too, you're correct, the history of our lives, we're always making choices, you know, mm-hmm. making choices that change our lives. The people that we encounter, selection of professions are major things, but there's a lot of small things. Yes. Uh, the Robert Frost, the American poet, mm-hmm. he spoke in the John Kennedy uh, inauguration uh, with the, but in one of in all, I'm sorry when another poem it talks about two roads diverging in yellow wood and I took the last travel by and that yeah. made all the difference if I would have taken the other one I don't know what happened if I would have taken the other one and that happens all the time you know yeah. uh, Genghis Khan or Genghis Khan he had yeah. three arms going into Europe. The south, the central, and the north. Moving, he brought families, he brought the animals and so on. Suddenly, he died. When he died, the three arms withdrew. And the one that came from the south, there's Turkey, speaking still the non-European language. Came the central one, then Hungary. The North, Latv- Latvia, Finland, also no European. If he did not die at that instant, perhaps all the Europe would talk in non-European language. And it, it happens all the time. If the bullet that killed Kennedy was 10 centimeters to the left or right, perhaps a lot of things would be different. In our lives, we do this kind of choices all the time. You know, that is really decide our future. Is this? multiplicity of attractors that we just direct ourselves through this landscape. Yeah, that's, yes. that's, a,
0: that's an excellent uh, conclusion to that talk. So is that a, uh, maybe shifting things? If, did you want to talk about, uh, I'll leave it free for you to talk about anything, especially with your own research or what's coming, what you're going to, what you think sh- everybody should focus on. Maybe some advice to junior researchers because we're hoping to reach a lot of uh, graduate students and early researchers through this medium so you know where would you ask them to you know what do you ask them to do and i i get students like this asking me all the time you know what should i f- what should we focus on you know uh where should we go with with uh with this this uh, theory uh, and then maybe you know since uh, three of you co-edited uh a special issue, anything that kind of bubbled up to the surface from that, anything that you think is interesting or important. <clears throat> uh, Stefana, you want to go first? Okay,
1: I start. So before uh, directly reply to you, I would like to say something about common misconceptions about Gauss theory, because I believe it is important also for, for young people. So from my point of view, one misconception is that uh, some things, people believe that chaos is similar to stochasticity, while it is yeah. completely different. Yeah. Uh, the second thing we already said, but I want to stress again, that chaos is unwanted. Chaos is not unwanted. <laughs> chaos <laughs> could be welcome if you are able to, to, to play with it. It is unwanted if you do not eat, if you cannot play with it. But if you are able to control it, it's totally welcome. So that's one misconception. And the third one is less, let's say, fine, is that uh, chaos is only for nonlinear system. This is not true. This is not true because also linear system, infinite dimension, in that case, you need infinite dimension, but also <laughs> linear system are chaotic. A very simple example is the derivative. The derivative is a chaotic operator. It, of course, the derivative is linear, linear. Of course, in the linear regime, you need the infinite dimension to have, uh, to have chaos but you can have chaos also in linear regime. So that's, uh, that's something that I want you to do. Going back to the suggestion for, for the student, uh, I mean, uh, let me start from general suggestion, of course, and then let me go to suggestion uh, with chaos. The first suggestion is uh, love, your, uh, love your work. Try to, to not consider uh, research as a job, to consider research as a passion, And uh, that take your time every every minute if you want. We are so we are thinking every time, even even in the night where you are sleeping, uh, our (laughs) brain is working. And uh, early in the morning we get up. up. Oh, God! This is a general general suggestion. So don't be let's say don't believe it is a job. It's much more than a job. Going back, going directly to cows, indeed. I mean. From my point of view, I'm not a theoretician. I am, let's say, an engineer, even if I like mathematics. So going and look for exploiting chaos. I already said before about what to stress I Want to stress it much more now. There are still a lot of applications where you can have huge benefit from using chaos. So try to invent new use. I, I have no suggestion now. But for sure, we can invent something that where using chaos is very, very useful, very, very cheap, very, very, very beneficial. That can be one, let's say, one direction to look for a new new result in chaos. Excellent. Laura, you want to
0: say? Um,
3: My suggestion is uh, to young guys is, uh, well, one thing is uh, to study to have a look to the background, because often they start with the system and try to write papers to, to publish something, but uh, without a true knowledge of what they are doing. So in this, I've seen this in the last, uh, okay, in the last 10 years, more and more. And this is uh, not good. This is not good because uh, uh, researchers have to, to in- increase their knowledge starting from the shoulders of giants behind. Uh, they have to know them, uh, otherwise, it is useless. And so they are starting again things which are no n- well known now since uh, 40 50 60 years also and mm. uh, this is not good but uh, the second is to go forward to go to advance to to study to learn more and the, the okay the way which I see is uh, I suggest that to look at uh, piecewise smooth systems not only smooth system piecewise smooth because because uh, okay shocks uh, and in engineering, especially engineering. in the last uh, 10, 20 years, uh, many, many uh, works are, are, are related to uh, mechanical, engineering, electronic, and every uh, many kind of applications, which are in, at, at the end, in uh, at the, the final stage which they are studying, is a piecewise smooth system. Because this is what uh, is causing, uh, uh, okay, perturb- okay, one way of studying also perturb- possible perturbation, but uh, uh, this kind of literature is uh, still. Not still uh, uh, not so well known. I don't know the, how to say this. It it must it, young guys must know not okay smooth and piecewise smooth system together, because you cannot study piecewise smooth without the knowledge of a smooth one. But then piecewise smooth gives a, 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 gives a, a, okay. Let me. I think that. Um, New and York started this uh, kind of research. Uh, New and York, I don't remember the, here, there the, were the, the, two, three papers. But since then, this is a, a, an important stuff for young guys, so which is uh, still not yet studied in proper way. Okay, there are uh, here and here and there uh, books and articles, but uh, it is not so well spread as it should be. This is my suggestion to, to look at, uh, well, the old works and the future in the smooth and piecewise smooth systems,
2: I think. You yeah, said thank that, you. you. You said it all, oh, okay. Yeah, the, uh, when one talks about chaos or chaotic dynamics, what's interesting, I think was said before, that extremely similar behavior it occurs to totally different systems. Mm-hmm. Then in some sense chaos and the mathematics of chaos that Laura was talking is brings the discipline together and it's a it's a multidisciplinary approach to science and technology and that involves engineering, involves medicine and uh, there's, today the world is talking a lot about artificial intelligence, brain computer interface, mm-hmm. big data, and uh, chaotic dynamics or data analysis that we learned over the, the uh, say the last uh, four decades is useful to that. And uh, the countries are investing a lot in that area artificial intelligence is is understood when computers emulate cognitive functions and uh, brain computer interface is when you use the brain to control devices this is something that people are working very hard doing experiments and when it comes to big data it is at the center of chaotic dynamics when you look at the experiments the physical experiments Experiments in Engineering, it's not really big. This is big data, but the, but it contains small data sets. How do you analyze small data sets? And the data set usually sparse. And here, the electrical engineers and the applied mathematicians develop techniques, tremendous techniques to study in image recognition, to study the dynamics. To find out the dynamical systems, we generated sparse data. One of these techniques is called compressive sensing, which is absolutely mm-hmm. incredible. they developed by this two group of people. And uh, then I think we can enlarge say, what, the, what we learned from dynamical systems to. This these areas that are quite timely. But as Laura was saying, it's very important for us when we work in these areas to know, to learn well, a discipline. In this case, I think what is behind everything is mathematics. Okay.
0: Yeah, thank you. That was, a, that was a great advice. You know, one of the things that I find, uh, Laura, I, I echo what you said, uh, I advise, um, young researchers always is passion is most important. You know, you should have the passion to pursue this research. Uh, it's it's not publishing papers. Publishing papers is a side product, yes. is a byproduct. It just happens, don't worry about it. It's, you, you are here to uncover the truth, you know, that you see, right? You, you uh, discover something interesting, you know, pursue this. And you cannot do this by skimming on the surface. You got to go as deep as you can try to understand it as, be- as best as you can. Everybody has limitations, but do the best you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not about, you know, unfortunately the incentive systems, uh, have, have become very, um, misdirected, you know, it's all just based on number of papers and things like that. Right. So that pushes the young researchers to go in a certain way, yes. but, uh, hopefully that'll change, you know, so, uh, but this is, this is great advice. Uh, is there um, anything else that we want to discuss or uh, can we uh, conclude? Uh, any, anything, you know, feel free. I, I think I got through most of the questions I wanted to discuss. I mean,
1: we forget about, say something about the special issue, if you want, I can say. Oh, yes, please. To, yeah. Tell, just, tell uh, us about
0: the special uh, issue because that's, you know, something we want. We want to give a plug for the nonlinear dynamics Journal and say, go read the special issue. So yeah. <laughs> why, would, why would anybody want to read this special issue?
3: <laughs> I mean, we
1: got basically 28 papers from all, uh, all around the world. And the idea was to, to select people, just because chaos is multidisciplinary. That's uh, uh, the the idea behind, and that's we, Haria. We are engineers, physicists, mathematics, or economics, because uh, Celso and Laura are both... Uh, Mathematics and economics, Laura, and uh, mathematics and physics, Chelsea. So put together as much as, as we can. And of course, the paper are uh, this, uh, this target. So we have paper from economics, we have paper from engineer, uh, from p- physics, and so on and so forth. There are, let's say, position papers, some kind of review papers, uh, but there are also some papers, uh, some technical papers, and there are also some papers that are, strictly speaking, not relating to chaos. There is likely the workhouse is not even mentioned all around the paper, but the, the, the concept and the ideas are for sure related to the chaos realm. So that was our, uh, our idea, to, to have a pit stop for this discipline. To see what happens, what happened, and to to provide some suggestion for young people reading this paper and try to to find uh, ideas and uh, possibility of developments. I believe that uh, let's say we have done a good job. Uh, great names join us. Jim York was one of the most important. There are many other important, but I would just want to to name only him because. Everybody knows him. And we are, uh, at least I am very happy about this, with this uh,
2: special issue. Yes. By the way, Jim York is 80 years old, incredibly <laughs> active. He <laughs> yes. producing tremendous mathematics and working the applications. He was one of the first to give a talk on the pandemic because a lot of results he did before the epidemiology. And uh, it's, it's incredible, No.
0: Okay. Yeah. Is is there a follow on special issue you are planning? Is there another one next year or some later? No. Not planned, but
1: never say never.
0: Yes, never never say never. never. So I'm I'm co-editing a special issue on the pandemic modeling. We are hoping to, you know. I, for nonlinear dynamics so I think it will come out uh, we are putting a deadline of July 1st for the reviews so we are we'll, okay. it's, it's good so we will have something like 25 papers so oh great uh, but yeah. pandemic is a you know of course a <clears throat> top uh, <laughs> concern right now so yeah, of uh, yes so um this has been um, uh, you know fantastic energizing and uh, interesting conversation really really enjoyed this enjoyed um meeting with you personally you know and uh, hopefully we can uh, keep this up so thank you
1: very much thanks and i also would like to thank you very much not because it was very 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 pleasant indeed i mean enjoy this couple of hours passed together and also it is very useful because you know unfortunately young people are less used to read and more used to listen and if they have the possibility to listen something interesting and to attract them by listening, that could be helpful for our uh, community. So yeah. thanks a lot for uh, for taking care of this. It will be a good service for the community, not only yes. for you. not only.
0: For Thank you.
3: you. Thank yes, you. I was It was really a beautiful conversation. I liked it very much. Thank you, Nat. Thank you very much. Yes. Thank you.
0: Uh, grazie. <laughs> (laughs) Yes, yes, of course. I mean, your (laughs) career is, you know, incredible. So, muito obrigado. So, it is that much (laughs) (laughs) So, I learned that much going to Brazil. So, okay. okay. So, thank you. It it was a sheer pleasure. This is wonderful. This marks the end of the episode. And I wish to thank again the panelists, Professors Grabogi, Gardini, and Lenchi. You know, we could not have asked for a more expert panel on chaos theory. I'm sure this is not the end of chaos. I mean, we can talk about this fascinating topic for a very long time, but we've really run out of time. We will, in fact, plan future episodes where we will continue to talk about chaos. So for now, I would like to urge the listeners to go deeper and read some of the technical papers in our journal, Nonlinear Dynamics and other allied journals. In particular, I would like to recommend the special issue published by Springer Nature in October 2020. We will also provide links to these papers on our website, nodicast.org. Finally, we would like to remind the listeners that we have a special issue of nonlinear dynamics on COVID modeling just published in October 2021. As a full disclosure, I'm one of the co-editors for that issue. Thank you. The theme music is called Dynamic. It was composed by Stephen William Cornish and was crafted for us by Neha Nararaj. Nodicast is supported by a generous grant from Springer Nature. We appreciate it very much and thank Anita Lekwani, Executive Editor at Springer, for everything she's doing to support, facilitate, and publicize these podcasts. And notably, we are deeply appreciative of Professor Walter Larkar-Banara, the Editor-in-Chief, for his enthusiastic support and encouragement. I'm C. Nadaraj from Villanova University, your host of Nodicast. For more details, including links to panelists and papers, please visit the website nodicast.org. Thank you, folks, for spending the better part of the hour listening to us. Now go read some nonlinear dynamics papers, and I will see you next time. Bye-bye.